Okay, today's um, Bible reading comes from two passages. Um, The first one is from Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. The second passage comes from John chapter 15, verse 12 to 15. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Uh, Good morning. Uh, Thanks for having me again. Um, If you do have your Bible with you or your phone with the Bible app, I encourage you to keep it open because I will be jumping around Proverbs just to see what they say about friendship. Um, So let me pray before I start. Heavenly Father, thank you for your friendship towards us. Uh, Thank you that you have made us your friend. And we pray that this morning, as we hear from your word, from Proverbs, that you will give us the wisdom that we need uh, to be the friends, uh, uh, to be loyal and to be gracious friends that you have called us to be to the people around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, A few years ago, I watched a documentary on ABC channel about loneliness. And did you know that actually one in four one in four Australians uh, feels lonely each week. And that's, uh, that's quite a recent statistic, just a few years ago. Um, loneliness is actually an epidemic here in Australia. It can actually pose a significant risk, uh, different health risks as well, you know, things like uh, um, uh, premature death, uh, then even for uh, even bigger risk than smoking or obesity. Uh, and it can, because it can lead to things like depression, dementia, and other health issues. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you're young or old, male or female, uh, married or single, loneliness can be experienced by everyone. And the documentary mentioned that the most effective way to reduce loneliness is actually to make people feel connected uh, to their community. You know, in other words, the most effective solution to loneliness is friendship. And before this report came out, the Bible actually had a lot to say about friendship already. Friendship is what church is about as well, right? You're here today because you're part of a community. You're part of a friendship group. And church community is a great way to reach out to those who are lonely, isolated, and alone. But a lot of the time, even as Christians, we can forget what true friendship is about. You know, some of you have grown up in this church and uh, you're just so used to doing church. You know, we come to church on Sunday every morning. We sing together. We pray together. We listen. And then we leave. Uh, and maybe we just don't have any more interactions with the people from church throughout the week. Or maybe you don't uh, join a small group as well. Or even if you do join a small group, uh, maybe you find that you don't really have a genuine and true friendship amongst your small group member. There is a lack of deep and meaningful friendship. You don't go beyond asking what I did over the weekend or last week. 
And maybe this is just because we just don't know how to be a true friend. Well, Proverbs uh, chapter 18, verse 24 says, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And how many of you can actually say that I have a friend that sticks closer than a brother or sister? Uh, do you have a friend who can share your joys and your struggles? Are you a true and genuine friend to others? So my question for us today is, you know, what does a true friendship look like? What does a true friendship look like? We're going to try and answer this question by looking at different Proverbs. And Proverbs has a lot to say about friendship, but I'm just going to be looking at three characteristics of a true friendship uh, because it's just too much. I don't have the time to cover all of them. So I'm just going to cover these three characteristics. <clears throat> Firstly, loyalty, honesty, and righteousness. Loyalty, honesty, and righteousness. So loyalty, what does loyalty look like? Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. So a loyal friend is someone who loves you at all times, someone who is prepared to stay with you through thick and thin, whether you're successful or unsuccessful, whether you're struggling or, or thriving, whether you're smart or not so smart. Uh, this is a friend who is prepared to be with you even at the most inconvenient time, even at the expense of their own benefits. I think one of the best examples of a loyal friendship in the Bible is the story between David and Jonathan. <laughs> you know, Jonathan is the son of King Saul at the time, and you know, naturally he'll be the next in line to be king, but God has appointed David to be the next king. And if you can imagine, it would be a huge temptation for Jonathan to be jealous, to be envious of David, but instead he chose to help David to become king. Even when his father was trying to kill David, Jonathan risked his life to help David escape. And the Bible described their relationship as one in spirit, and they love each other as themselves, and they are dear to each other. Do you have a friend like this? A friend who's willing to put your interests above, above his or her own. A friend who is always with you despite your status, despite your circumstances. A friend who loves at all times. Or are you this friend to someone? If not, well, I think in order to have a friend like this or to be this friend to someone, you need to initiate the friendship first yourself. And I'm just going to give a couple of pointers. In order to be a loyal friend, well, firstly, we're going to be intentional. We're going to be intentional. And let's go back to Proverbs 18.24 again. One who has unreliable friends soon becomes a ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, saying that, that a friend can be better than a sibling, if you remember... Um, the Bible is actually written in a culture where it's far more family-oriented than ours. So it's quite a statement to make here, but how can this be? How can, how can a friend be closer to a family? Well, your family may be here for you, may be there for you, but they may not really like you or understand you. And there can be long stretches of life where you have no, I don't, you might not have any uh, romantic partner or spouse, but a friend can stick with you over the years closer than a brother or sister. I remember when I first moved to Sydney uh, seven years ago, I didn't know anyone. 
I moved here to study about Bible college. My family wasn't here with me. I didn't know my wife back then. I was, you can say I was a lonely man. Um, and I was one, I was probably one of the one in four Australians experiencing loneliness, even though I was living at Bible college. And this until I met my good friend, Alex. Um, this is actually a conference that we went to about Proverbs. Uh, Alex, at the time, he was my Bible study leader at the church I went to. I still remember vividly there was one night, it was Tuesday, he drove all the way from Ramwick uh, to SNBC in Croydon, where I was staying, and he was just uh, saying to me, hey, Dan, do you want to go out for an ice cream? And I said, oh, yeah, sure. I don't know what's good ice cream here. So, But that was a really small gesture from Alex. And it was really deeply ingrained to my mind. And I thought this is someone who would be a very good friend. And over the years, Alex just kept reaching out to me. He was very intentional. He would send me Bible verses text to remind me that Jesus is our purpose. Uh, he would call to pray with me. Uh, he was there with, for me when I went through a really bad breakup in my first year there as well. And he was there for me when I graduated from SNBC. And he was there for me you know, when I got married as well. So he was my best man. Uh, and he doesn't live in Sydney anymore. But you know what? He still sends me email every week to ask me how I'm going with Jesus. Uh, this is a loyal friend, a loyal friend uh, who is intentional. And, um, you know, John as well is my very good loyal friend. So there's a bunch of us uh, from SNBC. We actually are very intentional. We meet up, the four of us, uh, we meet up every month uh, just to pray, just to encourage, just to hear from each other how we're going and to point each other to Christ. So it must involve intentionality. And in a busy culture like ours, it's often one thing that is squeezed out of our schedule. But let me encourage you to not neglect your friendship. If today you're convinced that you haven't been much of a loyal friend to someone, pray for them. You know, send them a text, uh, ask them out for an ice cream, you know, make it a priority. Now, if you're someone who has been intentional and you're not getting any reciprocal friendship, my encouragement for you is to keep praying that God will give you more opportunities with the other person or provide you new people that you can be friends with. Now, friendship takes time to nurture. Whatever you do, keep being intentional. But secondly, uh, in order to be a loyal friend, you've got to be selective as well. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26, The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. In Proverbs 13, 20, Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Well, what are the Proverbs saying here? You become like the people with whom you spend the most time with. If you spend more time with people who is always on about money, then you will become a money lover. If you spend more time with people who loves car, then you, you become a car lover. And that's why sometimes we hear people saying, you know, you're just like your mom, like your dad. It's because we spend the majority of our time with them. We see what they do and we learn from them. We imitate them. And it's the same with friendship as well. In, in the early stage of your life, we mostly shape our family. But for the rest of our life, we'll be mostly shaped by our friendship, by our friends. So choose your friend carefully. And it's difficult to be loyal to someone when you don't even share the same values in life. 
And if you're not careful enough, you might end up being influenced by your friends instead. And you know, the reason that Jonathan was so loyal to David was because their friendship was based on one thing. And there is the kingdom of God. Jonathan knew David was anointed by God to be the next king. So even though Jonathan would technically be the next in line to the throne, he was willing to give out his right for the sake of God's kingdom. They were loyal friends to each other because they both had the same purpose in life, which is to promote the kingdom of God. Now, friendship in today's world can be based on many things. It could be same interests, age, similar life circumstances, but there is something uniquely special about Christian friendship. The Christian friendship is based upon a shared devotion uh, to the gospel of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus. And I think church is one of the best places you could develop friendship and find your best friend. You know, we're all united in Christ. We call each other brother and sister. We share similar values and purpose in life, even though we might have different interests, different ages and life circumstances. But we're all about the gospel of Jesus. So that's why it's important to join the midweek small group. You know, we're starting tomorrow. It's important that if you if you're not already part of that, join that so you can find, so you can get to know each other a bit deeper. And you never know, your best friend might be waiting for you in there or sitting next to you right now. So be a loyal friend. And to be loyal, you got to be intentional and selective. So that's the first characteristic of a true friend. The second characteristic of a true friend uh, is honesty. Honesty. And Proverbs 27, verse 5 to 6, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. I sound a bit strange. Shouldn't it be the other way around that a friend multiply kisses and you get wounds from your enemies? Well, I think Proverbs here is making a point. Sometimes in order to be a true friend to someone, you have to be honest with the person. And sometimes that means rebuking the person. And it's not pleasant, especially when you're the person receiving the rebuke. You know, it's like going through a surgery to remove a tumor in your body. In order to remove that tumor, the surgeon needs to cut your body open. And you will go through some pain at first, but the result of the surgery will benefit you long term. So if you have someone who can tell you that you've got a problem that needs to be corrected, well, he or she could potentially be your best friend. <clears throat> in Proverbs 28, 23 says, whoever rebukes a person will in the end gain favor rather than one who has a flattering tongue. Now, our whole society is put together in such a way in that if you go and say nice thing to people, that somehow uh, you have gained their favor. But it's often very unhelpful. We need to speak the truth. And we do it not to make ourselves look better, but we do it for the restoration and well-being of others. You know, are you the type of person who is ready to wound your friend for their well-being? Now, one of, one of my friends uh, who's a pastor who told me about his experience of being rebuked by his closest friend, his wife. Uh, he was a pastor who spent a lot of the time uh, with the people at church rather than his wife. And one day when he was at the office, his wife called him and said, hey, I want to make an appointment with you. And he was like, what's this about? He was like, well, 
his wife said, you always have all these appointments with different people and you have coffee with them. I want to make an appointment with you as well for coffee. And they went out and he said, well, what's the issue here? And his wife said, well, I have a husband who spends more time with his work than his own wife. And she asked him, what should I do? And at that point, my friend knew what was going on. He was being rebuked by his best friend. And he realized that he was neglecting his primary responsibility as a husband given by God. And he got his priority wrong. It was hard for him to hear, but it was necessary. Otherwise, he might not even have a marriage today. The temporary pain of a rebuke is far outweighed by the positive transformation of a person's life as a result of the rebuke. So it's good. It's good to have a friend who's not afraid to tell you the truth or correction that you need to hear. And of course, when you do rebuke someone, you should be sure that you are as much as you can be in in your accuracy in your assessment. Uh, You should pray through the proper timing of your approach as well as being gentle. And you should address the person directly and not to others to keep from uh, gossiping. And you should do it out of a motivation to restore or correct the person, not to bring them down. And we should also make sure that they are actually your friend. The French, If the relationship isn't a close one, you may not be the right person to approach them. So true friends sharpen and challenge one another, being vulnerable and sensitive to one another, but also be honest for how the other should change. Are you a friend like this? Do you tell your friend that they need to find a comfort in Christ when they are finding a comfort in their own success? Do you tell your friend they need to find a security in Christ when they are finding security in their money? Do you tell your friend they need to find their identity in Christ when they are finding identity in what other people think of them? Whatever it is, be honest to your friend, rebuke them if you have to, and they will thank you for it later. So be honest. And lastly, uh, the characteristics I want to mention from Proverbs is graciousness. Graciousness. <laughs> Proverbs 17.9, whoever will foster love covers and covers over, covers over an of, offense, but whoever repeats a matter separate close friends. Um, being gracious means you learn to forgive the fault of the other person. Now, I'm not saying you should just ignore the things that uh, I've done wrong or they've done wrong. It's not that we don't call sin, sin. Someone who's wrong, wrong, as we learned from, from previously, we need to be honest, right? And we need to let the other person know how they have hurt us. But we also need to learn to be forgiving. You know, when Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, asked Jesus, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Now the point Jesus was trying to make was that you had to keep on forgiving. Forgiving someone means you keep no record of wrongdoings. Once you have forgiven someone about something, you don't bring it up again. You don't repeat the matter. And I think one of the reasons that people lose their friends is because they keep bringing out all matters. They haven't learned to forgive. And I think the best way to learn to forgive is to remember how much you have been forgiven by God. Uh, Psalm 103, verse 9 to 12. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. 
or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So God's love covers a multitude of sins. And if you know you've been forgiven, then all your friendship will be based upon the grace of God. So if there's a friend in your life that you haven't forgiven, today is the day to make a man. And I know friendship sometimes can be messy and complex. It's not as simple as just forgive and forget and that's it, especially when trust has been broken. But we are called to forgive and keep on forgiving and keep no records of wrong because that's what true friendship is about. So quite encourage to seek counsel for, uh, from someone uh, maybe more mature than you. If this is something that you're struggling with, to forgive, it's never too late to be gracious to your friend. So there you go. These are only some of the characteristics of a true friend, loyalty, honesty, and graciousness. There are many more in the book of Proverbs, and I do encourage you to read them for yourself. But we all know we're not perfect. Uh, We fail to be loyal. We fail to speak the truth sometimes, and we fail to be gracious. As much as we try to be a true friend, we don't do it right all the time. But there is one friend that we can always rely on. There is one true friend that will never will never let us down and there is jesus as john has mentioned before you know he's a friend who is always loyal he says to us i will never leave you nor forsake you he's a friend uh, who is always honest with you he says i'm the truth the way and the life and no one comes to the father except through me and he's the friend who's always gracious with you he says to you your sins are forgiven and the passage from john Chapter 15, verse 12 to 4, Jesus says, My command is this, love each other as I loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Jesus has called us his friends. And not only that, he showed us that he wants to be our friends by dying on the cross for us, by actually laying his life for us. What a friend we have in Jesus. In order to be a true friend to someone, I think it's important for us to be first friends with Jesus and see how he has displayed his friendship to us. And when we meditate his words, when we read the Bible, when we see that God, the, the, the many examples that God has given us and the stories of true friendship in the Bible, uh, shown by Jesus and others as well. And, and as we learn more about Jesus and who he is, then we can also be a better friend to those around us as well. We can learn to be loyal. We can learn to be honest and gracious because that's what Jesus did for us. Let me pray. <clears throat> Holy Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus for showing us what a true friendship is. Help us to be loyal, to be honest, to be gracious, uh, to our friends as well. And Lord, uh, please give us your wisdom, give us your spirits uh, to help us to be the friends that you have called us to be, uh, to help us uh, to be intentional, to reach out to those who maybe are feeling lonely at the moment. Mm-hmm. And for those of us who are feeling, feeling lonely, Lord, that they might find their comfort in you, but they might also find a comfort in the community that you have bring them uh, uh, and you have brought them in uh, here at Horsley Park.
and do pray that Lord that we will be able to reach out to more people in our community to be friends with them so that they too can be friends with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I'd like to call Dan up uh, again uh, for some potential Q&A. So we've got one question so far. Um, so what happens uh, if a friendship ends badly? Do you have to reconcile as a Christian? Yeah, that's, uh, that's, there's no like, um, well, I guess in, in the Bible, we are called to forgive. Um, but what the forgiveness look like, I think there's, uh, different, different views on that. My personal view is that, um, cause I, and I guess reconciliation can look differently to different people as well. Uh, you might, you might reconcile with this person, but you might not be that close of a friend to that person anymore. Uh, but you know, for some people, they might think reconciliation means, you know, everything else, uh, will restore to, to the same as before. Um, but I think firstly, as Christian, uh, whatever, whatever the cause of a breakdown is, we're still called to forgive. Um, so, um, uh, if this is something that, uh, you're struggling with at the moment, I will encourage you to, yeah, maybe speak to John or maybe speak to someone that you can trust about, about this relationship that you, uh, you're struggling with. Uh, and then just talk through that about how you can start to restore that relationship as well. Um, and you know, Jesus, um, actually our relationship with God, you know, ended really badly as well at the start, right? You know, uh, Adam and Eve were really good friends with God and then he, they just like, you know, whatever, we don't need you anymore. Uh, but God didn't just abandon us there. Uh, he actually kept pursuing us, uh, uh, in order that he can restore the relationship with us as well, in order that he can reconcile with us. Uh, and, um, we are called to do the same, uh, as much as possible as, uh, as we can. Um, there, there is, uh, there is other resources that you can tap into as well. If you, if you feel like, you don't want to talk to anyone here because it's too sensitive. Uh, you can always go to organization called PeaceWise um, and help you to work through some conflict resolution, things like that as well. Awesome. Yeah. Good insight. All right. Um, next one is, do we have to listen to all rebukes, for example, if they're not a threat? Um, yeah, I guess it depends as well. Uh, not necessarily you have to listen to, you know, if, especially if that person doesn't really know you that much. Uh, uh, actually, I had uh, I had uh, one incident uh, a few months ago. Uh, this person decided to meet up with me. He doesn't really know me, and uh, um, he just um, yeah, it was at the point where I was thinking whether I should keep doing ministry or go back to pharmacy. Uh, and I won't mention his name, but, you know, this person basically said to me, uh, uh, you're too chicken to go in to, to do full-time, full-time ministry or whatever. Uh, so, um, you know, you just wanted to find a church that can cushion you and whatever. And I, and I was, uh, I was quite taken back by that because he doesn't really know me. That was the first time we met. Um, and, um, yeah, I was a little bit offended. And, um, but, you know, 
uh, he's older than me and he's more experienced than me. Uh, so I just took it as a grain of salt. I went back home and, um, you know, I actually told John about it. I, I told, I, I told, I told my other friends about it. And, uh, you know, they get, they, they were very encouraging to me. They said, no, Dan, I don't think you're that. Um, but at the same time, I just, uh, it helps me to reflect on myself uh, whether my decision was actually because of what he said. And in the end, when I reflect on it, I don't think it was. Um, and, um, yeah, so you don't have to necessarily take that rebuke, but um, uh, at the same time, don't take it too personally as well, uh, especially if they don't know you. Yeah. Um, yeah so. Okay. Awesome. Uh, next one was uh, thanks for an encouraging sermon. So just a little comment there. Uh, and then I think we just got one last one. So it says, what happens if someone doesn't want to be your friend anymore? <laughs> um. Yeah, well, find a new friend. I was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends on the reason why. It could be, you know, if if it's because of something that you've done, I think you should try as much as you can to reconcile with the person, uh, to find out what's going on, and um, you know, uh, don't just dismiss it. Uh, but if it, uh, but if it's just like, you know, you try to be friends with this person for a long time, and they're just not showing uh, the same reciprocal uh action or reaction um um you know it, maybe it's time for you to move on to find to find someone who might want to be that friend to you but yeah like i say if, it, if it's something that you've done wrong to that person it's good to find out what it is and reconcile with the person yeah okay yeah. awesome all right well uh thanks for your time dan and uh, it's really interesting looking into friendship